what relapses are inconsistent with grace by the Reverend John Sheffield, Master of Arts. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. Hebrews 6, 4-6 I could say, beloved, of the interpretation and application of this scripture, before I begin to open it, containing the doom and sad sentence pronounced against apostates and relapsarians, as once Daniel to the king before he opened his mouth to give the sense of his ominous dream. The dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. Daniel 4.19 Yet shall I not wish so much ill to our worst enemies, but the text be to them that hate God, and the interpretation only to the enemies and despisers or despiters of his grace. It is one of the most startling scriptures in all the Bible, and one of the most terrible flying fiery rolls in all the book of God, utterly consuming the house of the hypocrite apostate, with the timber thereof and the stones thereof, and dreadfully affrighting his truly righteous neighbor who trembleth at God's word. The Novatians or Cathari abuse his place of old to shut the church doors and gate of grace upon such as had fallen after their profession of Christianity. And many poor souls and troubled consciences have often quite perverted or misunderstood it to the shutting up the gate of heaven and door of hope against themselves after they bitterly bewail falls or slips, but both unjustly. But is Joseph's interpretation once of the same night's dream, when rightly applied, did rid the butler out of his misapprehended fears, and only left a more secure baker under that execution which the other apprehended, but himself never dreamed of, Genesis 45-23, so neither this nor any other scripture speaks a word of terror to any sin-troubled soul that trembles at God's threats. But all the prophets prophesy good with one consent to these, and my word shall be like one of theirs. It was indeed once a joyful sight which Jacob beheld at Bethel, a ladder whose foot stood on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and angels ascending and descending on it. Genesis 28.12 But here we see a ladder whose top spires toward heaven, but the foot resteth in hell where seeming angels of light ascend, or such new strange god as the witch once saw ascend out of the earth. 1 Samuel 28.13 But black apostate angels descend. The angel enters, the devil departs. I am to speak of the case of relapses, and my text is a fairest glass in which to discover so foul a sight that I know. Here we have the rise and fall, the first and the last, the better and worse part of an apostate hypocrite described. Number one, the former. His rise, his first and better part, set out in five particulars. Number one, enlightening. Number two, tasting the heavenly gift. 
as of some common faith or repentance or the like. Number three, partaking of the Holy Ghost, which is not to be understood as the sanctifying graces of the Holy Ghost, but the common or extraordinary gifts as of tongues and so on, of the sanctifying Spirit. Number four, tasting the good word of God. Number five, in the powers of the life to come. As they had to these five steps, two other more, sincerity at the bottom of the latter, and perseverance at the top, they had been safe. Number two, the latter, his fall, his last and worst part, is set out in four things. His fall is a break, neck, fatal downfall. They, they fall away. It is not an ordinary slip or stumble, but a downright. Not fair fall, but a foul given them by Satan. Such a fall as his own was at first. The irrecoverableness of that fall. Their past grace. And grace and mercy have done with them. They cannot be renewed to repentance, as is said of Esau. There is no place for their repentance, though he sought for the blessing with tears. Hebrews 12.17 the certainty of that irrecoverableness, and that it is said to be impossible. He doth not say it is hard, or unlikely, or seldom seen, but is absolutely impossible. It was never seen, nor ever shall be. Impossible, not so much from the nature of the thing, as some things are utterly impossible which imply a contradiction, is that true should be false, good, evil, light, darkness, these impossible, because inconsistent with the nature of the things themselves, but impossible from the appointment of God, because inconsistent with God's decree and declared will, as impossible as, we say, an elect or true believer should perish, or an impenitent person be saved. So we mean impossible by reason of God's irreversible decree concerning such. The cause that makes all this dead sure and seals the stone of this certainty. Seeing they crucify to themselves afresh the Son of God and put him to an open shame and make no account of the blood of Christ and the grace and promise of the gospel and of the comfort of the Holy Ghost and are therefore said to sin against the Holy Ghost because they directly slight resist and oppose the gracious office and workings of the Holy Spirit. But I must stay no longer upon the words by reason of that brevity expected in this exercise. Doctrine Our observation is, it is a most fearful and dangerous condition in the world to begin in the spirit and end in the flesh to rise and fall in religion, to decay and apostatize from grace, to have had some work of the Spirit and the Word upon their hearts, so as to have light and love and taste and gifts and favor and seriousness and hopes and fears, and after all, to cool and give over. Oh, how desperate is such a case, to go to hell with so much of heaven. Oh, what a hell is that! For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. 
For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. 2 Peter 2, 20-22 Such a thing there may be. Possibly the text supposeth it that such may fall and fall away totally and finally, only it pronounceth an impossibility of their rising again. Some are said to fall from grace. Galatians 5, 4 the stony and thorny ground did so in a parable. Demas, Judas, Saul, Hymenaeus did so in good earnest. A great apostasy was foretold in the first days to let in Antichrist, Second Thessalonians 2.3, and in the reign of Antichrist more, 1 Timothy 4.1. All are warned. Let him that standeth take heed lest he fall, 1 Corinthians 10.12. Look diligently, lest any man fail of or fall from the grace of God. Hebrews 12.15 Some of John the Baptist's hearers after a while left him. John 5.35 Many of our Savior's hearers quite left him. John 6.66 6, Many of Paul's supposed converts were turned away. All they of Asia. 2 Timothy 1.15 some have left their first love, Revelations 2.4. Some left the faith, 1 Timothy 5.12. Some have turned after the world as Demas, 2 Timothy 4.10. Some have turned aside after Satan, 1 Timothy 5.15. And would to God there were no example to be given in our age and observation. It is that which the professors of a true religion are more subject to than those of a false. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Jeremiah 2.11 Now there are three falls to which men are subject. Number one, some fall as wood or cork into the water, sink at first, but get up again, being helped by the hand of divine grace. As Peter, Matthew 14.31 are brought off by a miracle of mercy as Paul and his company, after all hopes of safety were quite taken away. Acts 27.20-44 This is the fall of the godly. Number two. Some fall is lead or stone into the bottom of hell, is Pharaoh's host into the bottom of the sea. Exodus 15.4-5 and, and never rise again having neither promise of God nor seed of God to raise him up again. To make a final shipwreck of faith and conscience and of their souls together, 1 Timothy 1.19. This is a fall of the wicked, number three. There is a mixed fall common to both, which is like the falling into an epidemical disease whereof many die, and as many recover, of which in their order... There are four kinds or degrees of falling which the people of God are subject to, and the four kinds or degrees to which the wicked are subject, and each latter is worse than other in them both. Number one, four falls of the godly. 
The first and widest fall of the godly is that in their daily combat between flesh and spirit, set out in Romans 7, at large, and in Galatians 5.17. We cannot do what we would, but fail or fall short after our best endeavors. Our duties are imperfect, grace is defective, our gold and silver drossy, our wine mixed with water. Sin deceiveth, surpriseth, captivateth, slayeth, yet reigneth not all this while. It is not I but sin that dwells in me. I consent to the law. I delight in the law of God, even in my inner man, and so on. These falls or slips are unavoidable and involuntary. There is no saint but complains of them, no duty but is stained with them. In our clearest sunshine we see a world of such motes, which yet hinder not the light and comfort of our justification, and destroy not sanctification. True grace consists with these, yea, is not separated from the assaults and indwelling of such motions. Will we, nil we, said Bernard, we are pestered with swarms of these Egyptian flies, and have these frogs in our inmost chambers. We are none of us supralapsarians in this sense, but sublapsarians, all yea, and relapsarians too. The just falleth seven times a day by this infirmity, and riseth up again. Proverbs 24.16 And taketh no harm, but is kept humble, and depending thereby. Every son and daughter of Abraham is kept bound under the spirit of infirmity to their dying day. This first fall is but like the fall of a mist in a winter morning. The sun gets up, and it is a fair day after. This is the first fall. The second is worse, which is, number two, an actual invisible stumble as to offense of others, yet occasioned by surreptitious surprise of temptation, for a lack of that due consideration which we should always have. This the apostle calls a man's being overtaken with a fault, who is to be restored with a spirit of meekness, considering we also may be tempted, Galatians 6, 1. Such falls or slips, rather, all or most are subject to, in many things we offend all. James 3.2 We sometimes trip or slip or miss our hold, so the word signifies, and so down we come, but not out of choice. Thus did Peter slip or halt, when he did Judaize out of too much compliance with the Jews, whom therefore Paul did rebuke and restore, Galatians 2.11 and 14. Thus the disciples slip when they in zeal to Christ would have fire fetched down from heaven upon those that would not receive them, whom Christ set right with the spirit of meekness, Luke 9.54 and 55. These slips or falls are like those of him whose foot is wrenched or out of joint, whence he halts till it be set right. Thus Peter is said to halt. He did not fall or tumble, only not walk uprightly. But when Paul had set his wrenched foot, he went upright ever after. Hence that word, restore, is a surgeon's word. To set him right is a bone out of joint. Galatians 
He that shall be censorious and severe against these two first kind of false incident to most, let him, as Constantine said of Asesius, the Novatian bishop, get himself a ladder and climb up to heaven by himself. He should have but a few come there else. Number three. The third fall is much worse. A fall from the third loft, whence, like Eutychus, they are taken up dead for the present, but they come to themselves again. These are falls into grosser and more scandalous sins, which do set the stacks or cornfields of conscience on fire, whereas the other two forenamed, especially the former, are such as Tertullian calls of daily incursion. These are very dangerous, and befall not all professors. They had not need, but now and then one falls into some scandalous sin, but they not usually again in the same sin after sense and repentance of it. Thus fell David and Peter into foul flagitiousness, but not deliberately, nor totally, nor finally. Nor sin raged indeed, and seemed to reign for the present. Moses' hands grew weak, and the hand of Amalek prevailed for the present. But a seed of God was in them, and they could not sin unto death, First John 3, 9, but were renewed to repentance, and their sins blotted out. This fall is like the fall of a leaf in autumn. Life remains safe. A spring in due time follows, though many a cold blast first. Number 4. There is yet one worse fall than the former, incident to a child of God too, to be of the decaying hand, and to remit and lose his former fervor and liveliness, and it may be he never comes as the second temple, up to the former pitch and glory, Ezra 3.12, thus Solomon's zeal and love were abated in his old age as his father David's natural heat was in his age, that he needed an Abishag to lie in his bosom. So was Solomon's spiritual heat cooled by the many Abishags that lay in his bosom. And though he was beloved of his God, his son said in a cloud, his last was not like his first, First Kings 9, 4, 9, and 10. Thus Samson, after many triumphs over the Philistines, was at length circumvented and betrayed into their hands, who bound him, put out his eyes, made sport with him, who, though his hair and strength grew again, and he died in the quarrel and died a victor, yet never did he regain his sight or liberty to his dying day. These kinds of decays are dangerous, and make the people of God go mourning to their dying day, and they are saved as by fire but they are not inconsistent with grace. This is like the fall of the hair in aged persons. Life yet remains, but strength, native heat, and radical moistness decay, and the hair never grows alike thick again. These are the fallings of the children of God, and there are four worse than these follow of the unregenerate, and each worse than the other. The four falls of the unregenerate the first whereof is a final fall, but not a total at first, but insensible by degrees, gradually and without perceiving it, grow worse and worse, is a thorny ground choked with cares or drowned with the pleasures of the world. This proves like Eli's fall. They fall backwards, break their necks, and die of it. 1 Samuel 4.18 And may with him be much lamented and pitied, but they are dead and lost. Number two.
Some fall totally and finally, but not premeditatedly and voluntarily at first, but are driven back by the line of persecution and tribulation in the way, and they retreat. These endure for a season as a stony ground, Mark 4.17, and, leaving God, they are forever left and forsaken of him, First Chronicles 28.9. This is like the fall of Sisera at the feet of Jael. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell and lay down dead. Judges 5.27. Number 3. Some more fearfully, totally, finally, voluntarily, deliberately, but not yet maliciously. Thus Demas is supposed to fall, who of a forward disciple or teacher is said to have become, after an idle priest at Thessalonica, so Dothorius reports of him. Thus fell Saul, who having rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord rejected him, and the spirit of the Lord departed from him, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. 1 Samuel 16.14 Of these three last, I may say as Elisha to Haziel of Benadad, these may certainly recover. Howbeit, says he, the Lord has showed me that he shall surely die. 2 Kings 8.10 these have not yet crucified the Son of God afresh, nor done despite to the Spirit of grace. Therefore, it is not impossible they should be renewed again to repentance. These are like Sardis. They may have a name to live, but are dead. Revelation 3, 1-3 Their works are not perfect before God, ready to die. Yet are they called once again to repentance, otherwise certain destruction is threatened. But this is like the fall of Haman, whose doom was read by his wife and best friends. If once thou beginnest to fall, thou shalt not recover, but shalt certainly fall irrecoverably. Esther 6.13 And these end fearfully, usually, in unpitied spectacles of God's wrath, to astonish and warn others, is Spira once. Number 4. The fourth and last fall follows, which is like the opening of the fourth seal, and the fourth horse appears, a pale horse, and he that sat on him is called Death, and Hell followed with him. Revelation 6.8 When men fall totally, finally, voluntarily, and maliciously, the Simon Magus, Julian the Apostate, Hymenaeus and Alexander, whose names are in God's black book. Here the gulf is fixed, and there is a no retracing of the steps hence. These are not to be renewed by repentance. This fall is like that of Jericho's walls. They fell down flat with a curse annexed. Joshua 6.26 or as Babylon's walls with a vengeance, Jeremiah fifty one fifty eight, both without hope of repairing, or like the fall of Lucifer, the first apostate, without offer or hope of offer of grace any more, forever, or like the fall of Judas, who falling headlong burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. Acts one eighteen, section three, the mixed fall. 
There is also another kind of fall of a mixed or middle nature, into which side of the two, godly or reprobate, I should cast it is not so easy to determine. It is a reiterated fall into some foul act of course of sin. And herein I must proceed as warily as a priest of old in a doubtful case of leprosy, whether to pronounce clean or unclean, and by his rule I shall go. He was to shut him up seven days, and look upon him better ere he could give his definitive sentence. Leviticus 13, 4-59 If, therefore, number one, I see the sore be but skin deep, Leviticus 13, 4 and 34, and have not corrupted the blood. Number two, if it stand to stay and spread not further, Leviticus 13, 5 and 6, so also verses 23, 28, 34, and 37. Number three, if all become white by repentance and mortification, I shall pronounce him clean. It is a scab. It is but a scab or a skull. Leviticus 13, 6, and 34. It is no deadly leprosy. But on the other side... If it be deeper than the skin, having taken the heart with the love and liking of it, Leviticus 13, 20, 25, and 30. Number 2. If it spread further and further by renewed acts, verses 8, 27, and 36. Number 3. If there be proud raw flesh in the rising, verses 10, 14, 15, and the man presumptuously live in it and plead for it, I shall pronounce him unclean. It is an old leprosy, verse 11. It is not the spot of God's children, Deuteronomy 32, 5. Concerning relapses, I shall desire you to take notice of these eight observations. 1. It is very observable that the Holy Ghost is very sparing in setting down in the Scriptures instances in this kind, well foreseeing how apt flesh and blood is to abuse and pervert such examples to their own destruction. Such examples are, as Simeon said of Christ, set for the fall and rising again of many, and are a sign spoken against. Luke 2.34 how have David's and Peter's falls emboldened many to fall and live in sin? There is not one instance in all scripture of any saint that laid violent hands upon himself, lest any should presume to do the like. But one example of late repentance accepted, lest many should presume, yet one, lest any should despair. Those falls are not set as landmarks to guide you, but as sea marks to warn you. Number two, it is certain Paul returned not to persecute the church after his conversion, or Manassas to re-erect idolatry, or Matthew to the receipt of custom after he was called thence. Three, nor did David and Peter fall again into the same foul act of sin after they had truly repented. Number four, they were only wicked ones as Ahab, Pharaoh, Saul, Jeroboam, who persist in return to sinful courses, from drunkenness to thirst, from thirst to drunkenness. Of Jeroboam it is said, after this thing, the prophet's warning, his arm smitten, his prayer thereupon, the recovery upon the prophet's prayer, did he return again, and made of the lowest of the people priests of his high places, and so on, First King 13.33. Neither warning, nor judgments, nor mercies could work any amendment in him. 
Number number five. It is certain that he who is born of God doth not commit sin. First John three nine, so as to make a trade of it, returning to his vomit. But he that is born of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. First John five eighteen. He is paid too dear for such a miscarriage. It was not so light a manner to lie under God's wrath, to lose his former peace. Nor was his comfort so soon restored, and God's favor regained, that he should hazard all anew, and by repentance at so dear a rate. Number six. Very dreadful is that threat of God. If there be among you man or woman, or a root that beareth gall and wormwood, and it come to pass, when he heareth the words of this curse, that he bless himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of my heart, adding drunkenness to thirst. The Lord will not spare him. But then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate him, and single him out unto evil, and so on. Deuteronomy 29, 18-21 Number 7. Relapses into sin are like relapses into a disease after hopes and beginning of recovery. If by taking cold, or want of heed-taking, or by other disorder, the disease return and the man be down again, this is worse than the first ill fit, and it is longer such recover. But if, as soon as he get a little strength, he fall into a new relapse, we reckon his case very doubtful, if not desperate. 8. Yet it is not to be denied, but there are some sins of human infirmity which, though repented of, a godly person may be again overtaken with and foiled, yet will not his last end be worse than the beginning. Thus was Jonah overtaken with his passion a second time, Abraham with his excusatory lie, the disciples after a former rebuke, a second time contending for superiority, Matthew 20.25, 20, compared with Luke 22.25. The first fall in this kind I should liken to a sad and dangerous fall, by which one hath a broken bone in his leg or arm, which, though it put him to much pain, is well set again, and he becomes as strong as before, but more wary while he lives. David speaks of his fall into sin, that it was a breaking of his bones. Psalm 51.8 But a second fall is like the breaking of the bone the second time, which is more hardly set, and puts to more pain, and it may be the man feels it at times to his dying day. But a third or more frequent relapse is like the putting of an arm out of joint again and again, which not being well bound and looked to in time, becomes habitually loose and never keeps a place. So it is here. Crebrous and frequent acts of sin beget an habit and custom in sin. And then as soon may the Ethiopian change his skin, and the leopard his spots, as one accustomed to do evil, ever learn to do well. Jeremiah 13.23 Bernard describes the steps of sin, how it comes to its height. Quote, 
First time, it is importable. Next time, heavy, no more importable. Then easy, then light, then sweet. At last, necessary. And what was at first importable to be committed, it's now impossible to be omitted. And Austin confirms this by a story of his own mother, who, by sipping of the cup at first when she filled the wine, learnt at last to take almost whole cups. He that makes a small matter of small sins is in the ready way to fall into the greatest. Every new relapse into a former sin is like the adding of a new figure to the first cipher, which raiseth the sinner's account ten or an hundred times more. Therefore, if thou hast been overtaken once, stop and be humbled, and say, Once I have spoken, or done amiss, but I will not answer, to plead for myself. Beware the second time, the second fall, as a second blow makes a fray. But if a second time say, Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. Job 40, verse 5 but be sure thou take heed of drawing sin with a threefold cord, or cart rope. Isaiah 5.18 This threefold cord is not easily broken. Ecclesiastes 4.12 Take heed of the third act. Fear and the pit and the snare are before thee. O bold and presumptuous sinner, if thou escape the fear of the first act, Thou mayest perish in the pit for the second, but if thou escape the pit, thou wilt be taken in the snare the third time. Isaiah 24, 17 and 18 Upon the ungodly God reigneth snares. Psalm 11, 6 God gives them once to a reprobate mind, and they are gone. Think not after a third or fourth act of presumptuous sin to go and shake thyself by prayer and repentance, as Samson wants, and that thy strength may return to thee to be delivered from these Philistines which lie in wait for thee. He did so, but wist not, till he found it by woeful experience, that the Lord was departed from him. Judges 16.20 So may it be with thee. Therefore... Be warned. Application number one. This informs us that possible it is for men, yea, too ordinary, to fall from grace. The text supposeth it, and in another place the apostle items us to look diligently, lest any man fall from the grace of God. Hebrews 12.15 the angels did so at first, and Adam soon after. The Lord may complain of us as justly as ever he did of Israel. My people are bent to backsliding from me. Hosea 11.7 And, Why should you be smitten any more? You will revolt more and more. Isaiah 1.5 And, Why is this people slidden back by perpetual backslidings? They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. Jeremiah 8.5 This is, and of late hath been, the case in epidemical disease of England. It is no new thing to see the sons of fallen man to fall and fall away. Saul, Joash, Amaziah, Judas, Demas, 
Alexander, fell away of old. Of all Israel that came out of Egypt with Moses and Aaron, only two, Caleb and Joshua, followed God fully. Numbers 14.24 Of the four grounds in the parable, only one held out. Many of John Baptist's hearers left him and fell away. John 5.35 Many of Christ's hearers and disciples. John 6.66 Many of Peter's Second Peter two twenty, many of Paul's Second Timothy one fifteen, First Timothy five fifteen, many of John the Evangelist's hearers, they went out from us because they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. First John two nineteen. But none of these were ever sincere Christians and sound at the heart. We wonder not to see a house built on the sand to fall, or seed not having root wither, or trees in the parched wilderness decay, Jeremiah 17.6, or meteors vanish, or blazing stars fall, or clouds without rain blown about, or wells without springs dried up. So, for hypocrites to prove apostates is no strange thing, and utterly to fall away. There are four wills some have observed. The divine will never alters or turns. The angel's will hath turned, never returns. The will of man, fallen, hath turned, and in conversion returns. The will of apostates, after that grace received and abused, turns away and never returns, but becomes like that of the fallen angels. Number two, even godly and gracious persons are subject to fall, and therefore must not be secure. They must work out their salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2.12 They are bidden to fear lest they should fall short. Hebrews 4.1 Stand fast, 1 Corinthians 16.13. Take heed lest they fall, 1 Corinthians 10.12. Look diligently, lest any fail of, or fall from, so is the other reading, the grace of God, Hebrews 12.15. Take the whole armor of God, that they may be able to stand, Ephesians 6.13. Even the very elect have this root of bitterness and seeds of apostasy within them. Even Peter had sunk if Christ had not put forth his hand to save him from the water, Matthew 14.31, and had been winnowed as chaff, if Christ had not prayed for him, that his faith should not fail, Luke 22.31 and 32. Let not him, therefore, that puts on his harness boast, as he that puts it off. 1 Kings 20.11 Number 3 Yet a truly regenerate soul, a plant of God's planting by the waterside, a plant or graft grafted into Christ and rooted in Christ, can never fall away totally or finally. Peter could not when Christ prayed for him. The elect cannot. Matthew twenty four twenty four, In the general apostasy of the Christian world and the greatest persecutions under Rome pagan and Rome pseudo-Christian, anti-Christian both times, 
when all the world wondered after the dragon and the beast, they who had their names written in the Lamb's book held out and warped not. Revelation 13.8.17.8 The elect are as Mount Zion that cannot be moved, and are as fixed stars that fall not. The house on the rock stands firm in all ground. Matthew 13.8 They who have a seed of God in them cannot sow sin. 1 John 3.9 And they that are born of God. 1 John 5.18 They who are in the hand of Christ, none can pluck them out. John 10.28 Yet as to the fallings of the elect, not presuming to tell you what may be the quality of the smallest lapse or of the greatest, we shall make these concessions or observations. Number one, we grant that the godly as well as others are subject to this falling sickness, having seeds of apostasy in them, and would certainly fall irrecoverably if left to themselves. By strength, his own, no man shall prevail or stand. 1 Samuel 2.9 Position 2 Grace received, truly sanctifying, is not for its measure so great, or for its nature so immutable and invincible, but might be overborne, and would, if not divinely supported and continually supplied, as a widow's oil kept from decay, fed by a spring of auxiliary grace, as Joseph's bow abode in strength by the arm of God, and his bow green and fruitful, fed by a well of living water, Genesis 49, 22-24, so that it is not the grace in us, but the grace with us. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. 1 Corinthians 15.10 Grace supervening and additional, which keeps us from falling. Even the good ground, were it not for the influence of the sun and rain, would prove a stony and thorny ground. Position 3 There is no such state of consistency in the effectually called, but there is a daily combat, in oft times a great inequality in his pulse. Sometimes Amalek, sometimes Israel prevails. And this war lasts not, is that between the house of Saul and David for certain years, Second Samuel 3, 1. But is that between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days, First Kings 14, 30. Paul sometimes is in the third heaven, cries out, We are more than conquerors, and so on. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Sometimes is underfoot, he cries out, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Position 4. Even godly persons may fall for once very foully, as Peter, yea, lie long as David. It is hard to say how low they may fall and how long they may lie, yet sin not unto death. As the sun is for many months absent from some climates, yet returns again, so that they may say then with the church, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Micah 7, 8 Position 5 
There may also possibly be a relapse or falling anew into the same act of sin through human infirmity. Is Abraham twice denying his wife, the disciples twice contending for supremacy? And as I will not say how oft thy brother trespassing and repenting is to be forgiven, not to seven, but to seventy times seven, so I cannot say how oft through infirmity a sinner trespassing and returning with repentance may be forgiven, God's mercies and thoughts being so far above man's, for God's election stands firm, and his love is unchangeable, and his gifts are without repentance. And the undertaking of Christ is to keep his to the end, that none shall pluck them out of his hand. In whom he gives himself for, he presents him spotless and blameless before his Father. Therefore are the godly as firm and safe from utter falling away, is Mount Zion from being removed, or an house on a rock from being subverted. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.